visualizing playback. Welcome to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast, the podcast about all things metal and everything in between. It's been a minute, but that's mostly because I've been stuck in perpetual torment of the containment breach of SCP-1225, also known as Mariah Carey. We have not recovered yet, but I also doubt we ever will. Pray for us all. Coming up, Blackbriar joins us again to talk more about that new album, A Dark Euphony. We talk about the most relatable thrash album title, Fuck Off 2020. Yes, really, with Canadian thrash outfit Baffled. Also, the Grammys should not matter to us, yet they do every year. Why is that? And coming up in a few short moments, we get into some recent releases and your Bandcamp Friday submissions. All this and so much more. So let's not waste much more time and let's get into the show. I'm Tom McKay and this is the Metal Robot Podcast. And let's start off with some much needed housekeeping. Metal Robot Robot That's right, it's past December 1st of 2023, and I asked you for some Bandcamp links to celebrate Bandcamp Friday. I had a bunch of links sent my way, so let's see who sent what. Much like before, housekeeping rules out of the way first. These are not going to be reviews. I will have something to say about each one that I get, but these are more or less just shoutouts. They're not going to have any ratings, nothing of the sort, and as well, all genres are welcome, not just metal. So with that out of the way... Let's plug in and see what we got. First up, yes, almost honest, I did see you. The first ones in posting their links every time I use the hashtag. Uh, (laughs) I got it like multiple times. The album The Hex of Penn's Woods is apparently number three on the November Doom chart. So let that tell you everything that you need to know right there. Soder is Cariot on Twitter. Dude compiled a slam and death tribute to new metal called Dead Bodies Everywhere. I am not even kidding about that. Uh, if you've ever wanted to hear what blind or when girls telephone boys or fucking bodies and dig, but performed by slam bands, because there's a market it seems. The link is in the podcast. Alien Alarms, everything, everywhere, all at once. Not the movie. It's some indie electronic music for those days when you just want to vibe a little bit. You don't want to rock the fuck out. Though there is a great rock tinge mixed in for a bit of that grit, but it's just one of those chill vibes that you probably really need in times like these. Atero Terra, a solo metal artist with a third album coming soon. Now, This album I have not been able to hear, but if their 2016 album, Pray for Apocalypse, is anything to go by, that third album is going to be explosive death metal. The Anchor It, it all began with loneliness, proggy death metal with a bit of a weird twist. I won't say exactly, because the Anchor It themselves did it for me. Quote, some weird flute and sax prog thing. So some sexy shit is what you're saying, basically. Just imagine, the anchor, just think about this for a second. Ten years from now, there will be a new generation who were probably conceived to this album. How does that make you feel? Idol Ruins Live Ruin. It's a live album released right on Bandcamp Friday morning. Your favorite black and thrash metal, but live. 
That's it. Breath's remixed and remastered version of Primeval Transmissions, doom metal that's higher than a Zeppelin. Great mixing as well. It does make me wonder what the original sounded like, but you got a great re-release here. Gravehuffers got a promo deal going on. Not sure if it's still going or if this was a Bandcamp Friday exclusive deal, but apparently you can enter the code HUFF10 to get 10% off on merch. That's HUFF10. 10 for 10% off on merch on their Bandcamp page, so if it's still going on, go with Grave Huffer on that one. And then finally, Embers Ignites Visions of a Dying World. Death Metal. That's all I gotta say here, and it's pretty good death metal too. Happy Bandcamp Friday. And that's all I got on those. Thanks again to everyone who submitted their albums for Bandcamp Friday. If you want yours featured on the podcast next month, or I guess next year now, then make sure you're following the show everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even threads. Links are down in the description. I am going to try and start collecting them before Bandcamp Friday, though, so that I can get shoutouts done for the day of rather than after it's already passed. So keep an eye out for those and have those links ready, even if it's not Bandcamp Friday. That out of the way, let's start with some prog. I'm sorry, did I say prog? I meant black metal! Aliens Echoes of the Future. Yeah, you see where I got confused? A name like Aeolian really threw me off when the black metal shrieks came in. But actually, okay, that's not even true. Once the album settles down a bit from that first bit, you start to hear MDM rolling in, melodic death metal. I mean, come on. If you know me by now, I'm a sucker for MDM. That's just not fair, guys. Why the hell? <laughs> Dare I say even, this is going to really not be fair for me, there's a bit of prog influence in here? Like, it's not prog a la Dreamwalkers, yes, and Dream Theater, but... It's got the colorful tinge of prog mixed in, almost like it's a mix of the melodic death metal side of Winter Sun and the progressive death metal of early Opeth, but without the liberal approach to runtime. Surprisingly, there's also a lot more groove in this album than I was expecting. The album starts off with a black metal flavor of MDM, but tracks like The Miracle and Her Grief don't hit you with the usual wall of unintelligible chaos, and despite the surprises that we've come to expect, this is a straightforward MDM album for the style, but I kind of like that it never gets dull or boring. In fact, sometimes it could be unintentionally hilarious. For example, I was enjoying what the album had to offer, but then I heard Into the Flames and that power metal falsetto shriek came out of nowhere and is never heard again. Honestly, I didn't see that one coming, and it's hilarious that we only got it for the one moment. Also, on top of that, the title track, like, I've heard, okay, I, I gotta build this one up for a second here, I've heard some cheap keyboard sampled orchestras in my time, but hearing those trumpets, it never stops being hilarious. You can't make that sound as epic as you think, Aeolian. GarageBand is not your friend here. It's just cheesy above all else when you do it like that. Your only real option when those are the, are the elements you've got to work with is to pull a Dragon Force and give your audience lactose intolerance. But overall, this album is a great listen with stellar performances. The riffs, the drums, the vocals, all awesome. There are a lot of fun moments, even if all of it wasn't intentional, just being real here, 
I gotta give it a 13.5 out of 15. Aeolian certainly delivers the blackened MDM goods with this one, and I can't wait to hear what they come out with next. Moving from the cool, fun, melodic death metal, we're back in the dirty, filthy grime with Contorted's debut EP, Deities of Uncreation. Okay, first off, a word of advice. When you're setting the metadata for your music, make sure you include all details correctly. Like, it's not a major knockoff of the album, this is not a knock on the quality of the actual music, but if I hadn't caught that before hitting play, you would be hearing me call this album Contorted's Digital Masters 320KB MP3. Like, that's not a metal album title, that's a title the robot would have come up with as a joke. Now, Deities of Uncreation kicks off with some good old-fashioned death metal. It's loud, abrasive, and in-your-face, which is precisely what you sign up for in the genre. Contorted doesn't really hold back for even a second. It's a blast all the way through, but there are moments, especially on tracks like Eons of Dissident, where the EP grooves and shakes things up a bit. It's just what you're looking for with the style. And that's all I've got, for real. It, like, it's an EP that barely eclipses the 19-minute mark, and it's a death metal EP on top of that. It really is not trying to reinvent the wheel. Maybe that's a good thing? This album does get in and get out, with you feeling like you just rearranged your insides. That's all death metal really needs to do? If I'm being honest, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel, and I think that's pretty good. And on top of that, the fact it doesn't go for too long is a point in my book, because I can get bored with this style very fast if I don't hear something new. So, for you, if you're on the hunt for more death metal, Contorted might just be a band to keep you on your radar. This EP is all they've got so far, but if they do come out with more, I'd be out of my mind to not check them out again in the future. For now, I'm giving Deities of Uncreation a solid 14 out of 15, short, sweet, charboiled, and straight to the point. And time for some metalcore to round things out. Yes, really. Sunmancer's debut EP, Nothing Ever Happens. Another debut EP, eh? Tis the season, I guess. This is supposedly to be metalcore in the vein of Killswitch Engage, August Burns Red, Misery Signals, and the like. So you know you're in for some heavy punches and intricate melodies. And yeah, you kinda get that. Now, when it comes to the vocal department, the growls and screams are solid, nothing really to write home about, but they do get the job done for the style we're working with. Same with the cleans. And thankfully, they're not the stereotypical emo wine metalcore became partly known for that even emo can't stand sometimes, but they get the job done here as well. No one's really asking for another Howard Jones for... Actually, not think about everybody is, but you know what? These will do the job just fine. The instrumentation also offers some good stuff here. The breakdown on Liminal Rift was a blast, as it was hearing the same breakdown on every other track afterwards. Guys, you can change up breakdowns, you know that, right? Outside of the breakdowns, though, the riffs are stellar, catchy, forceful, and they drive the energy of the EP. The drums and bass sync up seamlessly with the guitars, creating a cohesive sonic assault. Is it as tight as the precision of Fallujah, Meshuggah, or even later day Trivium? Not quite, but it's not so loose that you'd swear they were anti-modern production. The drums in particular will stand out as well, a blast without overshadowing the rest. 
All in all, it's a pretty standard metalcore album, nothing too shiny or different, but not so abysmal you wish there could be a day the metalcore died. It's a safe start for these guys. That can be a bad thing sometimes, since it's already impossible to stand out in the metalcore scene. I can hear a bit of promise with Sunmancer with their debut EP, Nothing Ever Happens. So 12.5 out of 15 for this one, it's nothing new again, but I still had some fun. Get in on the action early and check them out. But anyways, those are my thoughts, and now I want to hear from you. Whether it's Sunmancer, Contorted, or Aeolian, let me hear your thoughts with the hashtag MRPReviews, and also let me know your thoughts on any of the Bandcamp Friday submissions as well. The show is run by you. I mean, uh, what Matrix slaves on a hamster wheel? <laughs> <laughs> know what album I should check out next? Send an email, tmckay at themetalrobot.com. That's T-M-C-K-A-Y at themetalrobot.com. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. You say I'm sick. Well, I say you're insane. Moving on, let's get into a genre that's become a favorite on the podcast and channel over the years. Thrash metal. I just love it so much. It's the ultimate best genre of metal that we'd ever come to hear in this. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, I can't keep a straight face when I say that. Yeah, okay. If you haven't guessed already, fans of this channel know my real thoughts on thrash metal, and that is that it can be good, but the ratio of great thrash metal bands and bad ones is 1 to 6 to the power of 66. But one thing about thrash metal that works is the pure fuck you attitude that metal has become synonymous with, so long as we're ignoring the punk scene, and Canadian thrash outfit Baffled proves that with their new album, Fuck Off 2020. Need I say more? So let's sit down with Baffled's Jeff Barkhouse to talk more about it right here on the Metal Robot Podcast. Jeff, welcome to the Metal Robot Podcast. How are you doing today? Doing good, thank you. That's good to hear. Uh, so uh, uh, first of all, the one thing I always like to do with these interviews, whenever I get bands on who have uh, maybe not been on the podcast before or have been featured on the channel before, uh, is to give them a couple seconds to introduce themselves, who they are, talk, talk about the band, the origins, anything in between. Well, uh, I started Baffled in 1991 after uh, moving to Toronto from Nova Scotia. I was pretty young and uh, was a pretty good time. And, there, uh, you know, 1990, there was a lot of good bands playing, like local metal was a pretty good scene. So that really inspired me. Pretty soon I had my own band going and we started playing gigs and, uh, you know, it, it went pretty pretty good for a few years <laughs> until uh yeah about 97 98 uh we kind of disbanded you know we we were still pretty young we're all pretty young I, I started doing something else and then that didn't work out so i uh moved to vancouver and then it, it took me a long time out here to to figure out how to get into the music scene i had some friends in that but i, I couldn't really find anybody to jam with so I just kind of stuck to myself and started writing at home and it took me a while, but, uh, and then I figured it out. Yeah. You figured it out because we have baffled now. So what, yeah. what changed here? I, uh, started looking for a drummer and, uh, through some friends who were in the metal scene in Vancouver and, uh, they hooked me up with one drummer. So that was good. So we started going and got two songs ready and recorded. And then she was busy doing her other band and, uh, other two bands so 
I'd start looking again, and then I found uh, Kelly Studola, who is a really awesome session drummer here in the, I guess, BC. He's mostly in Vancouver area. And uh, I went from there. I started sending him some demos, and then he would send me back some some of his tracks. And uh, I went from there, and it went really well. And uh, exactly what I was looking for, I guess, because it worked out. Yeah, it sounds like it worked out pretty well, because we, we now have a new album to talk about here. Uh, of course, the album that we're talking about is uh, the new album, Fuck Off 2020, uh, that's due out October 20th. So with the album title in mind, how was your 2020? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can well, only imagine know, I, it was sunshine yeah. and rainbows. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it, it was a tough time for everybody. And uh, earlier in the year, I stopped working because there was no work in construction. So I started concentrating on music and writing and going on websites and seeing what other musicians were doing and reading blogs. And uh, I got inspired. Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> Devin Townsend, you must have heard yeah. of him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he, he wrote, uh, he wrote uh, I wouldn't call it a rant, but it was a long, a long story about <laughs> how they were ready to go on tour, everything ready, merchandise, and it was all canceled. Oh. And, uh, and, and he, he was very positive and gave me some inspiration. So I, I was like, yeah, I can do it. And redirect. Everybody redirected and focused on uh, on the art. And uh, it took me three years, but I got her done. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, when everyone is kind of stuck at home, that's yeah. at, at that point, you've got time opened up for whatever comes to mind. And and yeah, music is probably a good place to go for that, especially if you've mm-hmm. got you've got the itch, you know. And in this mm-hmm. case, we've got at a, that itch turn into some heavy metal <laughs> trash. Oh dear. God, it was a blister. I got a chance to listen to it uh, last night before uh, before uh, setting up this interview, and holy fucking shit, my face is not recovered. Tell me about like because one of the descriptions that was emphasized is uh, a, a face melting, no holds barred kind of style. Can you share some of the details about the songwriting process? Obviously, you mentioned session drumming and uh, bringing on a session drummer from Vancouver, from the BC area, uh, and doing this in lockdown. Uh, so can you share some of the, the process for this album and the inspirations behind some of the tracks? Well, let's see, the first song, A New Breed of Man, it was uh, probably written mostly at work, you know, not having a great time at work and <laughs> having a bad day. And uh, other individuals maybe pissing you off a bit. So, you know, it, it makes for some good lyrics sometimes. Uh-huh, I, I, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, so that song is, is about, uh, you know, why can't we all just be a little different a little nicer. I, I mean, the, the lyrics may not suggest that, but if you read into it, you know, it's not really an angry song. It's it's more, yeah, it's more of a positive song. Yeah, but yeah, in between the lines, it's, why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Uh, in between this profanity. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's, you gotta read in between the fucks and shits and everything in between. Um, yeah. Especially with the type of genre. I feel like this kind of, I mean, it, yes, the positive message, message, of course, in between the lyrics, but when you read the lyrics as a whole, this definitely has a strong connection with the thrash metal genre as a whole, given that it's often associated with social and political themes on top of that. So, um, so aside from just being pissed off at the cathedral of work, are there <laughs> any specific messages or themes that you wanted to try to convey through this new yeah. album? Yeah, definitely. There's a few songs about, uh, I guess, addiction, um, depression, falling into the wrong path in life but in the end having a a positive outlook because 
you know, you can always change and you, things can always get better. And uh, the last few years, a lot of people have gone through a lot of stuff, myself included. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope I came out stronger. I feel stronger. I feel motivated. I feel uh, I feel a bit renewed now that the, the world's reset a little. And it's not it's not the early 90s. It was harder to start a band, um, promote a band. I feel these days um, I can focus more on the music and, you know, the social media stuff and the uh, internet makes things a bit easier for a musician these days, I feel. Still a lot of work, though. I put in a lot of time, and uh, but, you know, you see the results, so it's worth it in the end. Considering how much has changed since the, the early 90s in terms of tech and the music scene, th- there's definitely a lot of things that have been that have become easier. But it, from your perspective, what has actually become more difficult in this day and age compared to back then? For me, personally, would be having a band and relationships with other musicians and keeping commitments and having the dedicated rehearsal schedule, which I founded the band on, you know, we rehearsed every day. We played every week, every couple of weeks. We did that for years and, and it, and it shows in the end because you're tight and you're going to record, everything's ready to go. So for me, yeah, I'm not quite ready to do that, but I'm not close to it. I'm open to maybe getting some musicians together and playing live. I mean, it could work. And when it comes to the music that was written uh, in this time, uh, according to the press release I got on this, uh, it says, quote, the energetic style takes an old school metal approach to its straightforward brand of thrash without losing any of the genres. Uh, Guile, uh, Gile, I think I have no idea how to pronounce that attitude, speed and most importantly, riffs, which I think definitely comes through. But what exactly, what, what were you trying to convey through that message? If you're the one who wrote that or somebody else was the one who wrote that, what what message do you think that was trying to convey? I agree with that being that I did not write it, but I wrote the music that inspired that. So mm-hmm. I agree with it. Um, I feel my style is old school thrash, late right. 80s, early 90s. And to be honest, a few of these riffs are from back in the day on some of these songs and uh you know i revamped them speeded up some tempos and uh just thrashified it a little heavier even so we were always heavy yeah well we well, we uh, given that these are now being uh brought into a a, a more modern uh world uh especially given that many metal fans appreciate the authenticity and attitude within the thrash metal genre how do you maintain that sort of old school thrash metal sound in essence and and just appeal while bringing something new to the table for the modern day post 2020 um i think it has a lot to do with my influences how i came up listening to thrash and old school metal sabbath and uh zeppelin and the older metal early metallica before they made videos um you know I was very inspired as a teenager. A lot of heavy music, Slayer, and uh, developed my heavier picking style listening to those bands. Like the really heavy muted picking and the chugging. Mm -hmm. So I try to keep that within my songs, and I'm always after the ultimate chug, 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 right? Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody, but guitar players know what I mean. 
You play oh guitar, yeah, right? <laughs> I do play guitar. I know what you're talking about yeah. there. Now, one of the things that was mentioned in the press release as well uh, was that uh, you also opened for Testament in 1997. Now, given that you were listening to a lot of thrash and you were playing a lot of thrash, that must have been a really cool experience at the time. It was very cool. And we convinced uh, uh, Noel, you know, Noel, Noel, you must know him mm-hmm. from Inertia Entertainment. Back then he was, I guess, our manager and he was just starting out with that. And that was one of his bigger shows coming. And somehow we convinced him to let us open for yeah. I guess he des- thought we deserved it. After all, you know, we, we tried hard and we played a lot of gigs for him. So it was quite a, it was quite a show. Uh, a few things happened. Uh, some people were late. Some people forgot yeah. some things. Oh, <laughs> but, no. uh, I, I don't really want to get into that because That's it's over. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's but in fair. In the end, there, there was a video camera there and a lot of it got recorded. Oh, and, hell yeah. Uh, so I do have that tape here and I'm threatening to put it online someday. Oh, that would be fucking sick if you ask me. Um, but yeah. given, given that being, in many ways, I, I would assume, hopefully, a, a fantastic and a memorable experience. Can you share any other memorable experiences from that time? Or were there any oh, other... Definitely. Oh, I can't wait to hear this after that response. Let's go. <laughs> um, you're from Ontario. Yes, sir. So, do you, you ever heard of Spiderland Acres? Back oh, in the day, it was a punk fest. Mm-hmm. Spider fest. Mid-90s. Okay. I was so, born. I was born late '90s, so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but please do well, share. <laughs> yeah, we got we got into that a couple of different years, and uh, we used to put on a bit of a show when we played. We did uh, a bit of theatrics. We used some props. We used some fake fake blood. Uh, we, we would have somebody sometimes wander on stage like they were lost or drunk, and our singer would pretend he's beating them up and, and, and blood would fly oh. everywhere. And, and it was quite violent at times. And we got in a bit of trouble at times, but that, that could be another story. <laughs> so anyway, at the Spiderland Acres, somebody brought a watermelon up on stage and our singer at the time, he uh, got himself hold of a, a real power saw. <laughs> uh, during one of my solos, he chopped up the watermelon on stage with the power saw. It was outside, so... It was awesome. Please tell me there's video of that. That I got to see. <laughs> I heard there was. I've, I've never got a hold of it, but oh. uh, if you're out there, send it in. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> okay, we're going to stop it right there for now and check back with Jeff in the next episode. Fuck Off 2020 is out now for you to check out. So if you want that face of yours melted clean off your skull, then you should go check it out when you have the chance. Coming up, we ask why we hate the Grammy so much, why we even care to begin with, and we also check back with Black Briar. Don't go away. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. Ever wanted to take Metal Robot interviews on the go, but had this happen? Dead? I charged this last night. For fuck's sake! <laughs> Well, we can't solve a bad phone battery. You can take the interviews you love with you wherever on MRP Throwbacks. Be sure to hit save for when you want this on your evening drive to the venue. I'm just a troll. Like, I just I just don't give a, a crap. Can I say that? Uh, honestly, I've been saying fuck this entire time, so by all means. <laughs> MRP Throwbacks, only on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. 15 plus artists.
multiple cultures, multiple languages, one almost unpronounceable name. What the fuck does it say? It's pronounced homiusius. How? There's 20 O's. It's Latin. What'd you expect? The ultimate collaboration project of 2022. Homiusius, a symphonic, death, blackened, thrashing, grooving core fest. What genres? You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Welcome back. This is the Metal Robot Podcast. Tom McKay here with all the metal goodies. Question, why do we care about the Grammy so much? Like, as metalheads, we've never, ever been taken seriously by them, and let's face it, we never will be. So, why? Why do we care? Now, people who have listened to this podcast before know I've ranted and raved about this award show before and how we should not care about them and why we should stop caring about them, especially if you want our genre to be taken seriously. I've said this before, the best way to protest is to stop watching. But today, I kind of want to address it in a different matter, since we are still talking about it, and that is why we, as metalheads, cared in the first place. On the one hand, I do understand it. It's like we or like watching metal, like the metal category of the Grammys or any part of the Grammys that seems to not understand metal. It's hilarious on one hand, but also in some places it can be very insulting. Leaving Joey Jordanson and Vinnie Paul out of their in memoriam section immediately comes to mind for that. And I mean, even then, come on, are we really expecting old white guys and gals to give a shit about this? Like, if they are, like, if they can barely pronounce black without losing their dentures, and you want them to take us seriously? Come on, you'd be better off convincing the random peppy chick at work that it's not called Screamo. Your energy's being wasted in the wrong place. <laughs> And yet, here we are, faced with another, another bout of medal nominations for the 2024 Grammys, and metalheads have once again taken to the internet to, let's say, voice their displeasures on the subject. And to add to that, uh, and this part actually does kind of irk me a little bit, but honestly, again, does, like this is interesting to me. There are, this year, 94 categories for this year's Grammys. 94. Some of them are new categories, too. Do you know how many of those categories are dedicated to metal? Not rock and metal, just metal. One. Fucking one. Like, Jesus Christ, yeah, I'd be flipping pentagram tables, too, if I saw that shit. But for that, let's step back a bit. Let's step back a bit. We're talking about the Grammys, for God's sakes. The Grammys, an award show for all things music on commercial TV. Like, ratings in this instance are going to matter way more than the music, which means that as a result, of course, mainstream categories will take precedent to keep the mass audience watching. That will boost their ratings. It's all about the ratings here, people. The ratings will matter more, and whether you like it or not, mainstream audiences watching the Grammys are not going to want to hear metal music, which has kind of been a point of pride for us, but now, if you care about the Grammys, it's kind of stabbing us in the back. <laughs> but again, who cares? Really? Like, who genuinely cares about this? We're, t again, like, who cares 
whether or not the Grammys take us seriously. Who cares that your favorite blackened thrash metal album didn't get nominated for Best Metal? Who cares that Metallica is up for three nominated awards? Who cares that Olivia Rodrigo is in Best Rock? Who cares? Wait, really? Wait, what's the song for that again? Ballad of a Homeschooled Girl. Olivia Rodrigo in Best... What does that song sound like? Okay, I'll throw you that bone, but still, like, it doesn't matter, guys. This has always been a thing that's boggled my mind in this metal culture. Even since the beginning, like, I understood, at, in some degree, what this metal culture was about. Metal culture, as from what I understand since the beginning, has prided itself on being the outcast culture. The outsiders of the music world. We are different from the mainstream. We do not do what the mainstream does because we're not trying to. We are trying to escape that polished, structured, formulaic approach because we are different and we pride ourselves on being different. That has always been something that we have enjoyed about it. We don't need to sound like them. We don't want to sound like them. We are in our own bubble and that's okay with us. At least that's how it seems to have been for the past five decades. So if that's the case, then why are we still getting mad about this? Why do we do this to ourselves every year when the Grammys comes out with nomination awards and they have a medal category? Why do we care about what they think if they are constantly, constantly not taking us seriously and constantly choosing choices that we are always upset with. Why are we pining for an award show, a mainstream award show, to take the outcast culture seriously? Well, I, my guess is a couple things, and the first of it is because it's being talked about, anytime something that's being talked about en masse, and it just so happens that metal is a part of that, yeah, we have to jump in. And even if it's not being talked about, I mean, you can point to immediately my segment on Taylor Swift, and that tells you everything you need to know there. <laughs> and if I'm being honest, at that point, metal media is just not helping. Like, first of all, this episode is a good example of that. But also, like, at the same time, I'm not pretending that it doesn't matter while also showing that it does matter to me. Like, metal sucks in particular. I love you guys. I do, but you can't write a title like Not Like It Really Matters for an article about the Grammys and then contain in the first paragraph the line, but hell, maybe Ghost can take one home for a fucking cover. You're not fooling anyone, guys. You care more about this than you realize or that you want people to believe. But also, even though we are, we are the outcast culture, yeah, it's not always fun being the outcast Ignoring the satanic panic of the 80s and 90s, there's always been a part of us that wants to be taken seriously, that wants to feel included as part of the group, not just as a consolation, but a legitimate member of the musical society, according to everybody. And you know what? That makes sense. That is mostly just about being human. It's not necessarily a metalhead trait. I mean, that goes all the way back to just early Homo sapiens. It was not only hurtful to be excluded, it was an actual life-threatening situation to be excluded. So as a result, yeah, our brains, when we feel rejection, even if it's from the mainstream culture, and even though we pride ourselves outwardly of being outcasts, 
Yeah, on the inside, we just want to be picked first for kickball for once. Guys, come on. You literally are not even picking me, and you pick the guy with one leg. What the fuck? Which makes sense, because we do want uh, to have a seat at the table of metal culture, especially as five decades later, it seems that we've just been brushed off this entire time. Yeah, it gets old pretty quickly, and all of a sudden, as a result, that outcast culture mentality, while we try to push that forward, yeah, it's slowly changing amongst the ranks. But again, as I've talked about, even with all that in mind, you and I both know the Grammys are never going to take us seriously. Even if we want them to, they never will. So why? Why waste your energy on that? It's not going to happen. At least not without any radical moves on our part. I've said this already, and I'll say it again. The biggest way you can hurt the Grammys, the best way you can get the Grammys' attention on this subject is with your time. The best form of protest of the Grammys and their decisions for the metal side of things is to, as metalheads, not watch it, to not talk about it, because even though we are making a big fuss about it, you know they're not going to change. We're still talking about it, and we're still going to watch it when it comes up. Two to three hours of our night will be wasted, and we will hate every minute of it. So if you really care, don't watch it, don't talk about it, and trust me, at that point, they will fucking notice. If you want to be taken seriously as a culture, we have to put our hard-earned time where our mouth is and do something with it that is not being given to the Grammys. You have so much stuff that you could be doing in that time. You could be binge-watching your favorite shows on Netflix. You could be listening to your favorite podcast, Wing Wing Subscribe. You could also be, do you could be doing literally anything else more productive than wasting your brain cells on an award show that, let's be honest, even in the mainstream culture, is slowly dying. It's not worth it. So the biggest threat to the Grammys really is for us as a culture to stop watching it and stop caring about it. At some point, they'll notice when their ratings do significantly drop. And on top of that, if you do want to watch an award show of any kind for music, here's an alternative for you. How about giving more attention to some of the more metal-centric award shows? Such as, for example, you can show more love to the Heavy Music Awards. They did their 2023 show earlier this year, and looking at who won... Yeah, maybe not everyone will agree, but you can tell that this show is run by metalheads for metalheads. Huh. A metal award show knowing how to take metal seriously. Who the fuck? Again, if you want the Grammys to take you seriously, the best thing you could do is, is move your time elsewhere and put more... And as a result, do something more positive and give more love, more attention to our own. We prop up our own by giving them attention, not by pining for attention from somebody who's not going to give it anyways. And again, like a way, there's always way better alternatives out there. And if you don't want to think about the heavy music awards, think about any award shows in your local area. For example, if you're in Oshawa, Ontario, there is the Oshawa Music Awards, OMAs. Those are great because they not because they they don't care about genre. They have categories for genres, but they take into consideration music artists from Oshawa, regardless of the genre, and they take it seriously because it's the music scene of Oshawa. Any of those are a way, way better alternative than wasting our breath and keystrokes on an award show that, 
let's be honest, can't even blech without losing their dentures. But anyway, that's my thoughts, and now I want to hear from you on this. Do you care about the Grammys? If so, why do you care? Not in a, uh, like, mean-spirited way. Why do you care about the Grammys? And, of course, if you have any metal music award shows that you enjoy way more than the Grammys, leave. let me know. Let us, all of us, know. Share those out. Bring more attention to those. Because, yeah, first of all, we want to know what you're watching, but also we want to join in on the fun and prop up our culture much more than pining for the wrong thing. You're listening to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. And finally tonight, let's check back in with Black Briar. In the last episode, we talked about the new album A Dark Euphony, music videos, and as well, the writing process for their songs. And we ended off that first part talking about one of my favorite songs off the new album that you just heard, Bloody Footprints in the Snow. Ooh, it's really fucking good, and I'm sure you understand why very quickly. I talked to him about that. It is probably one of the heaviest songs off of that album, and one of the most dark and sinister in lyrics, in music, in vocals, in Oh, so good. But when talking about it, Renee Boxham just mentioned off the cuff that they don't write concept albums, which I thought was like, uh, what a fuck? Like, I, I'm pretty sure before that interview, I read on Wikipedia that they do write concept albums, or at least concept songs. So, what the fuck? Yeah, let's give some context here. Let's pick it up with that. This is Blackbriar Part 2 on the Metal Robot Podcast. It was actually one of the first songs that we wrote yeah, for yeah, this yeah. album. Really? And and at that point, we didn't know, because we never, or at least we have never, but we never write concept albums. So it's it's literally song by song by song. We're inspired by something. We write a song. On to the next. And it's also not like we had like 15 songs for this album and we chose 11. We mm. just wrote 11 songs and all of those <laughs> went on the album. Um so this one was early stages and we were very much trying to go into the direction of that specific song for the whole album. But right. then, you know, we, we listened to it a couple of times and we were like, hmm. And Sora especially was, ah, I, I might want to write a little bit more romantic songs for this album as well. So, you know, uh, our inspiration and the whole writing process just, it goes from left to right. But, you know, when you look at it in, in, in total, the whole album, to me at least, feels like a Black Briar album. And, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, so it was at that stage still uncertain if we were going for such a hard album, you know? Right. In, in terms but of. We, so we were very excited about it, I remember when yeah. we first had the first draft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh man, this is, this is, if we can do a whole album like this, it's going to be yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, the, the concept album thing, because I remember here a reading somewhere that you guys, that most of the albums seem to be based off of concepts and themes. So you're saying that's not what you guys are trying to do here? No. No. <laughs> okay. We someone. Actually, no. There's so, not a, a concept album uh, uh, we have made so far. So I, I do want to do it uh, sometime, but. Uh, for now, I like to have the complete freedom of writing just what comes to mind. Yeah, rather right. Than so, uh, someone who's on Wikipedia, update that, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's like uh, general themes and, yeah, and, and vibes imagine, that we I use. I can imagine that someone would would uh, think that. Yeah, 
but yeah, all but songs no. are just <laughs> songs of their own. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And and given that, well, well, I mean, each song has their own themes and narratives, of course, running through them, including uh, the song My Soul's Demise, talking about Sin Eaters, which for the listeners who don't know what that is, um, <laughs> do a Google search while eating dinner. It's quite a show. <laughs> but for others, can you provide some insights into some of the other songs? Like, are there any stories that stuck out uh, that are that they are telling? And, and how do they seem to... Uh, relate to each other under like maybe a broad concept or theme if there is one well the the broad concept slash theme is is in the name of the album you know it's a dark euphony so dark stories but yet very beautiful mm -hmm. um so that's you know the the underlying inspiration for every single song basically <laughs> But then if you look at every single song separately, they will have, like you mentioned, their own theme or whatever. So Sora went out of her way uh, this time. And I believe every song, none of them are actually connected to each other, but they are maybe slightly connected to an older song or, you know, uh, or have affiliation with one of our first EPs. So Sora can add on to this, I think. Uh, like a, a, a song called Forever and a Day mm. is, uh, I imagine it to be like a, a prequel to Mortal Remains, which is a song that's on one of our EPs. Yeah, so so that that is something we, I do sometimes, but <laughs> yeah. for the rest, it's just uh, each song okay. of their own. Well, I mean, I like I do like when songs are kind of interconnected, even in between different albums, such as you were mentioning. Um, now one thing about this album also, it marks the, it, uh, from what I could tell, it marks the introduction of a new member into the fold, which I hope to God, I'm going to pronounce this correctly. Seb Sol, uh, Sipkins. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, I'm going to use that for, from now on. Seep Sol Sipkins. <laughs> Got it. No, Great. It's actually, uh, Seba Sol Sipkins. Seba Sol Sipkins. Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, he, he was uh, introduced to Blackbriar, you know, a little bit before this album. <laughs> He's been playing with us for over a year, I think. Um, yeah, there was n no issues with our previous bass player, but he just felt like uh, being on stage was no longer for him. So mm -hmm. Frank, Frank, who was previously our bass player, he decided to call it quits. And you know we're still friends, and he even hangs with us uh, when he's he, when in he the My Souls Demise video. Exactly, ah. he's the one who's uh, like who's dead on the table. Body. <laughs> yeah, that that was intentional. You know, we yeah. wanted to give Siba an introduction in one of our music videos and have Fr Frank literally pass away from being a band member. So. <laughs> He was dead on the in the music video, and Siba. There's a, an Easter egg in there where yeah, Siba grabs his say, pick. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. Explain the, the Easter eggs. <laughs> I, I know, but I just wanted to spoilers. Tell him. <laughs> uh, okay, well, exactly. Well, how so? How has it been working with Siba as a new member on the base? Were there any at the beginning? Were there any growing pains, or did it feel like he's been uh, a band member almost as if it's the entire time? Well, Siba is, you know, he's an amazing bass player, probably one of the best that we have in the Netherlands. Uh, so we're very lucky to have him. Uh, he was looking for a band. We were looking for a bass player and it was one plus one equals two. Um, you know, it's been a very, very pleasant 
transition going from Frank to Siba. Uh, you know, for us in terms of live presence and performance, Siba is a, a, a quite an energetic bass player. Yeah. So it helps us out massively on stage. And uh, almost but, killed some of us as well. Yeah, really? With uh, his trills. <laughs> with oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Bart got uh, yeah. decapitated several times, almost. <laughs> uh, and there's always like belt plaques flying through the air. And yes, yeah, so she was crazy. <laughs> so the introduction of a new bass player has warranted the introduction of life insurance. Is that what you're exactly. telling me? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. Glad we're on the same page about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah. So in terms of uh, you know, he also uh, obviously. Recorded this album for the first time with us. Um, yeah, amazing bass player. So we are extremely happy to have him on board. And, you know, together as a team, we're uh, basically growing into the future together. And yeah, Seb is uh, already, uh, you know, very well established within the group. So it's it's all okay. Okay. Now, uh, at this point, I believe, Neve, that we've all established our favorites off of this album, uh, Dar Dark Euphony, if people have checked out for a second. Hi, welcome back, <laughs> including uh, including you guys in a recent Q&A on your YouTube channel. Um, so, uh, but I got to ask, and you can more, you're more than happy to shout it out again if you'd like, but what about the fans? What song in general are you seeing the fans gravitating towards the most so far? Um, Cicada, I think, but that's just because that's the only stuff that's been released. <laughs> so we have Crimson Faces, Cicada, and uh, My Soul's Demise. Mm -hmm. we, yeah, the songs it's, that have it's been hard released. to say. Yeah, it, it looks like they are all like. Yeah, they're equal. Pretty but, equally, yeah. 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 <laughs> Fair enough. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it, that makes more sense. They haven't heard the rest of the album yet. Oh, no, exactly. No. <laughs> you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I think eventually, and when this is, you know, released, it's probably uh, around the release date. But I think, and I'd like to hope, uh, uh, yeah, that people might, you know, go a little bit more towards Far Distant Land, that they will like that song specifically. But I'm only mentioning that because that's my personal favorite. <laughs> mm -hmm. Fair enough. Well, hey, any listeners who have heard the album by this point, it should be out. Go check it out and uh, let me know what, 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 what song is your favorite off of the album. Now, in terms of this new album, it's officially your sophomore LP, having also released, of course, three EPs on top of that and, of course, your debut album. With this album, has the hype surrounding your music uh, grown since you've as you've released music over time, and has that made the process of writing new music intimidating? All right. <laughs> uh, no, I think if uh, I started writing the new album right after the debut album was released, it started writing right away, and it, it's not something that. I have in mind while I'm at it because mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> that, that makes it a lot more difficult. I think I just try to be creative, write the songs. And then afterwards I worry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's when the dread starts setting in. That's yeah, what it comes <laughs> <laughs> We write some beautiful songs. Let's input a bit of existential dread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Th this whole period, you know, after writing and recording it, up until the release, that's like pure hell because you're <laughs> waiting for it to be released. You already, you know, you've already heard the songs 10,000 times yourself and it's already, you know, going a bit old for you, but it's not even released yet. So we try to listen to it as little as possible so mm -hmm. that it's also a moment for us. Um, 
But yeah, you know, in terms of excitement surrounding this album uh, compared to the previous one, you know, we used to do crowdfundings mm. and, you know, our fans made it possible for us to create this music. And you probably know that we recently signed with Nuclear Blast and this is the first album that will be released through them and partnered with them. Um but yeah, we do see that, you know, teaming up with them is has has made us has, has made the exposure, you know, go a little bit wider. So we started TikTok and you see people uh, you know, ex- uh, go, coming from different directions, uh, yeah. you know, discovering Black Briar basically. And yeah, I, I couldn't really put my finger on it, but I do feel like there's a little bit more, you know, like I said, exposure in general. People are more interested at this point. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, All right. And did I just hear and did I just yeah. hear Zora giggle at the TikTok mention? Did I just hear oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> it has been a bit of a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I can only imagine. Started it, so uh, yeah. 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 All right. Well, we've only got a couple seconds here, but I want, I would be remiss if I did not ask this question to you before you go. This is probably the most important question we've got in the list here. If you could be any cereal box character, who would you be? Cereal <laughs> box character. Oh my God. Cereal. Do, huh? <laughs> like, you know how the, there's like the, the mascots on those, like on boxes of cereal. Those guys. No. But you you guys have way more cereal boxes <laughs> over there than we do. We have very boring brands ah. with with just the cereal on the box. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I c- I can't even name one. Oh yes. Yeah. We I th- don't think we have it. No, oh, yeah. Okay. I mean Kellogg's and obviously has a chicken oh, okay. on it, I think, but I'm, I'm not sure. But <laughs> the Kellogg's chicken, yeah, that works. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for joining me on the show. Uh, Dark Euphony uh, it should be out now by the time you're listening to this. Go check it out wherever you get your music. Uh, and uh, yeah, go pick it up and support Blackbriar in their journeys. I'm sure there's a lot more coming down the pipeline. Uh, Renee and Zora, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate your time. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for having <laughs> us. That was Blackbriar's Zora Cock and Renee Boxham on the Metal Robot Podcast. And that was such, I'm glad I got these guys on. I, I mentioned in the last episode, I was geeking out pretty hard, and I'm glad I got the chance to talk to these guys. As mentioned, the new album is a dark euphony. You can get it now wherever you get your headbanging goodness. And Blackbriar, please come to Canada. I'd love to go to one of your shows, please. I'm sure many of us would agree. We want to see you guys live. You just listened to MRP, the Metal Robot Podcast. Yes, it's time to head for those doors, but before we go, let's tee up the next episode. Baffled comes back to talk more Fuck Off 2020, and we slow things down to a crawl with Dusk, who's returned with their first full length in 28 years. You thought Tool was long? Child's play. All this and more in the next episode. In the meantime, thanks for listening to the Metal Robot Podcast. You can follow the show on the internet, YouTube, Metal Robot Reviews, Facebook and Twitter at The Metal Robot, Instagram and threads at The Dot Metal Robot, or head on over to our online hub, TheMetalRobot.com, for all things Metal Robot. Special thanks to Jeff from Baffled, Zora and Renee of Blackbriar, and of course, to you for your Bandcamp Friday submissions and for listening to the show. I'm Tom McKay. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more, be sure to subscribe Subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and I'll see you in the mosh pit next time. Have a good night. Bye.